Welcome to the Making Waves at Sea Level podcast with your host, Tom Singer. In each episode, we will explore the interesting stories of business executives, entrepreneurs, and industry leaders who are shaking things up and growing their companies. It is time to make some waves. Now, here's your host, Tom Singer. Well, hello there, and welcome to Making Waves at Sea Level, the podcast formerly known as Cool Things Entrepreneurs Do. Thank you so much for coming along on the journey of this podcast and listening in as we make this transition to really looking at how do executives make waves? How can they really get out there and achieve things for their career and also for their companies, uh, their employees, their customers, etc. So today, today we're going to talk about LinkedIn. So LinkedIn obviously has become synonymous with doing business. I don't know very many people who probably listen to this show who don't have a LinkedIn profile. Uh, many of you probably have logged on to LinkedIn in the last 24 hours to check out what people in your network are saying and doing. Uh, however, when LinkedIn first came out, it sort of scared executives. They didn't want their employees having LinkedIn profiles because maybe maybe those pesky executive search people would find them and recruit them away. Uh, but over time, over the last, gosh, it's probably 20-ish years, uh, people have gotten a little bit more easygoing. Uh, it's now sort of nobody would like exist in business. It's very rare. I run across somebody who doesn't have a LinkedIn profile. It's pretty common that when you meet people at any level, be it the CEO to an entry level person, uh, they say, oh, follow me on LinkedIn after you've met them one time. So I thought we would talk about why LinkedIn's important. And my friend, Matt Shear, guess what? He is a LinkedIn expert and he actually helps people uh, use LinkedIn better, how to be more effective using it to to help propel their careers and to to excel in the things they're doing. One of the areas he specializes in is helping people in the military transition to the corporate world. And I'll tell you, I think the fact that he does that and he offers that service is huge because most of the people I know, even if they're officers with you know huge resumes who come out of the military, it's a different world than corporate. And sometimes people need a little guidance. And one of the areas Matt helps them with is their LinkedIn profile. But he doesn't just stop with military who's transferring. He helps all kinds of people utilize this tool because that's what LinkedIn really is. It's a tool that all of us can use. So that's what this episode's all about. If you are a master of LinkedIn, I still think you will you you will learn from Matt. However, if you and the people in your company aren't necessarily tapped in all the way to LinkedIn, you need to listen for the next 20 25 minutes as we take you on a journey about LinkedIn and success for executives. Hey Matt Shear, welcome to making waves at sea level. Tom, I'm, I'm getting on my board. I'm thinking, are we getting six or eight foot waves today? I don't know. It's up to you. You got to be the one making waves, man. Okay. I'm, I'm thinking we'll start with a couple simple four footers and we'll move up to the bigger waves. I'm pulling, we- I grew up in Southern California. I'm pulling out my longboard. So here we go. So, okay. so Matt, give us a little bit about your background. Obviously LinkedIn didn't exist when you started your career. So uh, uh, what were you doing back in the beginning? Back in the beginning, um, I was a professional uh, public relations person for the Air Force. We call it a public affairs type. It used to be information specialist, but somebody determined that when you heard of the office information, that also meant that you were the telephone directory. So they switched it to public affairs. And so I did 20 years of public affairs. Uh, got out, went to college and in about 2008, 
somebody said, you want to look at this LinkedIn thing? I go, oh, sure. Yeah, another social media tool. But after a while, it, it kind of, I saw its potential. And so I've been working with people since 2009 to help them recognize the potential they have and to capitalize on LinkedIn for the purpose of telling their story. So I said in the introduction that, you know, originally some executives and bosses didn't like their people. I remember when LinkedIn was new, I was sort of an early adopter, although my number's not super low. But a few years back, LinkedIn published like what your number was of when you joined. And I was definitely in that that top, you know, under 10 percent of the, the people when I signed up. But I remember that I had people because uh, I've been teaching networking skills for a long time and I would talk about using LinkedIn and I had people like, oh, my boss doesn't let us have a LinkedIn profile. And that's not true anymore. I don't think there's a company out there that wouldn't let their people have a LinkedIn profile for the most part. So why do you think originally, you know, some people were a little skittish about having their employees be on LinkedIn? For two reasons. Number one is because the headhunters staffing people would find them and they would offer them positions. And number two, they were afraid they were going to share corporate secrets with their competitors. And probably number three was they could see who the guy's connections were. So if you're in a sales or marketing environment, you can see all your customers. Oh, he's a customer. He's a customer. And I think it's kind of changed, but there's still some people a little blurry about that because of the openness of uh, LinkedIn. And of course, there are things you can do to safeguard your contacts from being seen from everybody that's you're connected with. Yeah, you can lock that stuff down. And I, I remember I used to be the marketing director at a law firm and partners in law firms were really freaked out about having anybody be able to hack into who their contacts were because they were afraid that other law firms, if they knew that they knew Billy at XYZ Company, that they would go and sell to Billy. And my argument was they already know who Billy is, and they already know he works with our firm. So, you know, what are you so scared of that somebody knows you work with somebody? If you're a good lawyer and you treat your client right, they're getting phone calls all the time. They're just saying, no, I'm properly represented, you know, but people were really scared that somehow LinkedIn had some magical ability that if you could see I was connected to Billy, you would steal Billy from me. I I think you have a lot of, there's a lot to be said for that. But again, you said it, if you're competent and you're doing great work, then you have nothing to fear from people looking at your list of contacts. So you've been coaching people now for about, you know, coming up on 12 years uh, of this. What are the biggest changes you've seen in that amount of time around LinkedIn as far as, well, just in general, what are the biggest changes? One of the biggest changes is the mobile settings for LinkedIn. Um, When we first started on LinkedIn in 2009, it was only a desktop thing. And then eventually it became a mobile platform. And now, according to LinkedIn, 70% of the people that look at you are going to do some from their iPhone or iPad. So you need to understand that to be successful in both the desktop and also the mobile settings. So, you know, that that is interesting because originally I never looked at LinkedIn on my phone. And now I can't tell you the last time I looked at it on my desktop. I think the biggest thing that people have to understand about that is that it may work well on your desktop, but it won't work so well on your mobile. And I know working with you, we worked on your banner about three or four weeks ago. We saw the difference between what looked like a great banner on one setting, but didn't look so well on the other one. But by putting in the consideration for the grids and all that, that we have developed, my team and I have developed, 
we were able to give you a stellar banner photo. So I want to explain a little bit more about what that is. When you think about LinkedIn, everybody, there's there's two pictures that you see when you log onto your profile. There's the little circle with your face. Uh, that should be a professional photo. I actually worked with the director, uh, the the executive director of a law firm, and he had a picture of himself on his Harley with a uh, state flag of the state he lived in wrapped around his head as a bandana. And I always kind of got on him that he probably should add a little bit more of a professional photo in there. And he was like, no, this is who I am in my heart and and all that. And I, I always thought he looked unprofessional in that particular setting. You know, you can do whatever you want on Facebook or Twitter, but, you know, LinkedIn's a professional setting. So, you know, you don't have to wear a tie anymore. This is 2020. You can be, you know, biz cash, but you probably should look like, you know, you're you're a business person. And then there's the banner. And that's the big sort of uh, long, skinny photo that runs across the top of the profile. And what Matt was referring to is it is programmed within the fancy, fancy algorithms of LinkedIn that depending on what uh, what device you're on, it changes. And that little circle with your face essentially covers part of it. So if you're on a phone, it could cover it much farther over to the right, where if you're on a desktop, your picture's way over to the left. So you have to think about what's in that long, skinny banner. So let's talk about the real estate of that banner for, uh, you know, and and, and I don't want to just talk to executives here, because one of the things is executives manage people and people are the face of your company. And anyone you're working with, if they're talking to someone in your business, very often that customer, that prospect, that vendor, they're looking your employee up. So you want everybody in your your employee to have a professional look, correct? I couldn't agree more. In fact, I was just thinking as you were describing the situations that a company has certain specific products or goals and that everybody that is a public facing, even the people that are accountants, if they had a consistent banner that conveys the goals, it's going to help with their image. Now, one of the things about that banner that a lot of people don't understand is like it's a part of the headline system that I teach people how to use. So LinkedIn wants you to put it in like a title. So match your author of LinkedIn for military. They would do that if I let them, but I always expand the capability of the headline. So the headline is is including that lovely banner we just talked about, but also a go call to action kind of uh, part to the headline as well. So, so most people, I, w- I want to focus on this banner for a second. Most people okay. just use what LinkedIn supplies and they give you, there's like a standard one that's like light blue with little sort of connection circles, little circles with lines between them. And then they give you a few others you can pick from, if I remember correctly. They're about or, four or five, yeah. four or five, yes. And you can do a different color. It's a little different grid or, you know, whatever. But then you also could upload your own picture and, and do almost, I mean, I'm sure they have rules, but you can do almost anything you want. Why is it important to design a banner yourself, whether it's for your company or just for your own image, rather than using that, that straight banner that you can pick? So think of this as 100 objects, right? 98 of those objects are black or neutral, okay? You're the one that's uh, pink or you're the one that's red. So you stand out among all the other profiles by having a banner photo that really conveys what you're all about. So I have always sort of designed my own banner and and I had done it myself for years and I had always, you know, used that real estate to sort of put my... uh, uh, my phone number or some contact information within a photo, you know, I'd gotten creative, but I never really made it 
a piece of art. So I, you know, I'm trying to pull this up while we're talking. I'm trying to pull my own my own up because I want to describe to everybody sort of what I did. I worked with Matt and his team because I now have two really careers that are running simultaneously side by side and intertwined. And that is I work as an executive search consultant for a a firm called Stanton Chase, one of the big international uh, executive search firms out there. And I haven't walked away from my business as a professional speaker and trainer for companies and associations. And the reason that I took on the second career is, let's face it, the the world of COVID came and knocked out live meetings and 100% of my income came from live meetings. And so I had to get smart. And one of the things I did is I started talking to a lot of smart people. Every day I made an appointment with someone I thought was smart. That led to me getting this new opportunity with with Stanton Chase. And that's awesome. But another smart person I talked to, Matt, was you. And one of the things I talked to you about was I said, I now have an issue that I do two things that may or may not have have synergy. And I needed to make sure that that synergy was easily found in my LinkedIn profile. So in writing my summary, I needed to talk about both things that I did. Uh, I didn't want to undermine my speaking career, but I certainly want to give the credit to my new career in executive search. And I came to you and said, how can I do this? And we went through a process that you have and we designed that banner and we did the banner using words that came from both of my careers. And so now uh, I'm just going to describe the banner, but everybody uh, who's listening to this, you're welcome to go to LinkedIn and find my LinkedIn page, Tom Singer, T-H-O-M-S-I-N-G-E-R. And uh, you can take a look at the banner that Matt and his team designed for me. Uh, Because I'm a speaker and I've done a TEDx, I liked, and I was currently at the time before we did this using Uh, a picture of me from my TEDx speech. And there were just certain reasons I liked that and didn't want to walk away from it. So that was my starting point was I wanted to use this photo. And then we talked through what I do. Well, in every role I've ever had, if you scroll through the last 20 years, I have been a business strategist. I mean, I've been a sales and marketing person, but my role with a bank or a law firm was always to help the clients get the best thing. My role as a speaker was to be an an advisor to executives because I'm coming in and helping the company create things. So we came up with some words and I wanted to make sure that people could find my phone number. Those were the pieces that really came up. And I look at this photo now as a piece of art. It's different than everyone else's banner. Doesn't look like other things I've seen. And it doesn't confuse you when you come and look at this banner. So let's talk a little bit more about that process. You don't have to use me as an example. We can use your other clients. So I have a client, his name is Mike. Mike works is a civil service equivalent of a general who just retired and he works in cyberspace, okay? And so what we came up for Mike was a picture of cyber facilities lit up and his headline is prepared is ready. You know, something prepared you know always prepared so we had something that conveyed what he wanted people to know about that so when you look at mike's profile photo and his picture you get a good sense that he's in cybersecurity, and it's very strong in fact it's so strong to some people in the cybersecurity space that what can we do to make these into t-shirts so yeah it's art so i'm gonna have to talk 
my guy Bruce, who's my graphics guy, I was like, "What are you? Oh yeah, I think my price has gone up." But <laughs> that's okay. Yeah, it, we, I didn't pay him for art; he delivered art. Um, so, so here's the here's the interesting thing: when I think of someone who is a business leader, a C level executive, yeah, that person's image really should be more than LinkedIn's standard blue stripe with little circles and lines, right? I mean, that's that's the first place people go. And I know for a fact that people are always looking up people they're interviewing for jobs for, people they're t- looking to do business with. I mean, people are always going to LinkedIn and just kind of scanning the resume. And the reason that we do that is we, we're looking for shortcuts, right? We're looking for things we have in common with people. We're looking for ways that we can, you know, find that we have that connection to, to people. And so I think it's super important that you have that image. So anything else about the banner? I think that the banner really, uh, from a C-level perspective, has got to convey to people what you're all about, not only to your external customers, but also your team. So your team can look you up and go, oh, that's where he's coming from. So if you're using it, correctly as a, as a tool to reach down to people underneath you, you know, some forms of corporate communications, Hey, we're doing well with this. I really appreciate this. I really appreciate that. Having that banner with that consistent image is going to be a fundamental part of your LinkedIn strategy. So another question is, let's talk about the summary. I think that's one of the most important parts of a LinkedIn profile because it's the top part. It's what people read. It's the way you get to tell your story. So what are some of the mistakes people make when it comes to that summary about themselves at the top of their LinkedIn LinkedIn profile? Let, let me put it in perspective that people can understand, okay? You're a kid fishing with your grandfather. You're on a pier. You put bait on the hook and you hope you're going to catch the fish, right? So what a lot of people do is they put so much stuff, so much information into the about section, which is what they now call the summary of the profile that it confuses people. Okay. So it's like, I want to tell you enough that you'll be hooked to get the rest of my profile, but not the, you know, not the whole life history. You know, I was born, you know, Shouldn't cram the whole piece of bread onto that hook. Maybe break no, a little bit off. just a little piece. You're right. I love that piece of bread. Just put enough of that with a little dab of peanut butter. Put it on the uh, on that hypothetical hook, and you and you pull people up. Now here's something that people should understand about LinkedIn, because I talk to the people that are the real experts in the technology side. LinkedIn limits you to 18 words thereabouts on your about section. So in those first 18 words, you've got to deliver a message like that hook that wants to make that hypothetical fish or that client or that customer or someone you're trying to influence to look at the rest of the about section. And if you've done a really exceptional job with that, then they'll go to the experience section. So can I correct you for a second? Sure. You said resume. Ooh, <laughs> this is not your resume. This is your LinkedIn experience section, which is allows people to put up to 2000 characters into a person's profile. And if I could continue, I want to tell the story of my friend, Gil. Gil took his experience section to talk about what he's currently doing in the Air Force, but he also found that he could put pictures that kind of conveyed the images of what he does in the Air Force. So back to your C-level executive, you know, I'm a C-level executive. I am working with this company. I'm working with this division. That's where you put three or four of your really strong photos with captions telling people 
what your company is currently doing. So, so I, I've got a couple of more questions for you about, about LinkedIn for executives. However, yes, first, I have to thank the sponsor of this episode. So this episode is brought to you by Podfly Productions. Podfly, they take the time and the headache out of creating your own podcast. Podfly sets you up with the right equipment, training, and guidance to ensure that you sound amazing. Podfly does all the heavy lifting and the technical work so that you can focus on creating great content, growing your audience, and interviewing really cool people like Matt Shear. Hey, if you want to start a podcast, and I know, I know that some of you do, jump over to podfly.net slash cool things and check out the offer that they have for the listeners of this show. So, Matt, I talked earlier about how some executives, you know, early on didn't love the idea of their employees being on there because they might they might get found by other companies. But the reality is a lot of C-level executives, they're not the owners of the business. A lot of them are looking themselves for what's my my next next thing. You know, I know a lot of CFOs who, you know, have changed companies to take a company public and then they go to another startup and take that one public. So even C-level executives want to make sure that they're maximizing their career. And I know because I now work in executive search that one of the number one ways we find people when we're trying to fill, you know, a position is LinkedIn. And so what are some things people can do with their profile to make sure that when a great opportunity, even if they're not looking, but when a great opportunity is out there, the right people are going to find them so they can end up on the short list. A couple of things they can do. First of all, having a great profile is, is one thing, but I think it's what you do with the profile after you've got it in place, which is acting interactive with others on LinkedIn it's like commenting on other people that you think really matter um, with the material in such a way that you want people to know about it by sharing content, by commenting on content, and by liking con- content. You can uh, really bring your profile up because it's kind of like you build that beautiful car and you keep in the garage, you never go out and drive it. Let's, let's not do that. Let's go out and get interactive. You know, as an executive, we're always thinking, well, you know, it's always about opportunities of all kinds. But if you think about it, by networking with others, by defining your purposes, you know, to expand your horizons to other people in the industry, you know, where you can actually talk to others. Hey, I'm having a situation like this. I know you're in my industry. How can I help? How can you help me? This is the part of LinkedIn that I think uh, a lot of C-level executives overlook. But once they understand the value statement of communicating with people, especially in these COVID-19 days where you're not allowed to go out and network or go to conferences. So if you want to be a thought leader, it's one thing to have a great profile, but a thought leader is also sharing and contributing content. So that, that leads me to a great question. So there are a lot of people. In fact, I'm going to go out and say most people who have their profile who never post on LinkedIn. They never, they never post an article that they've writ, 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 written or read that they think yeah. is relevant. They never post a post that has some interesting stuff about what their company's doing. And I talk to some of these people and they're like, well, it's, not, it's just not my personality to post things. But the reality is for a company... If you've got a company, you and your employees should be utilizing 
LinkedIn as a way to put information out there. So if your company has written an article or if uh, your CEO has been uh, quoted in Forbes, everyone in the company should be putting some form of that out there with a little paragraph saying, here's a link to this. This is why I think it's great. It's not just posting the link. It's writing a little post about, oh, my gosh, this happened. Here's why it's great. You know, click through. Um, Why do you think people should be posting? I think people should be posting because they want to share with their audience uh, material that I think matters to them. So it goes back to this magic word, which I always use when LinkedIn coaching. What's your purpose? Is your purpose to promote or is your purpose to educate? Most people get turned off when you promote things. Most people really want to know more when you educate them. But the thing I want to add to that is when you post stuff, learn about that magic ad sign. So if I'm posting something that is of value to you, the customer, at the end, I'm saying, and I'm thinking of at Tom Singer, I'm thinking of at Jim Comer and people like that so that they can see that because LinkedIn will then send a little notification saying, hey, man, sir, mentioned you want to comment. And that's a magical way so, to share content. So here's so here's the interesting thing. Could people be posting too much? Is there a magic number? The experts say that you should only post every three hours and you can't overdo it. But again, what's your purpose? If you can define your purpose and a specific purpose, then maybe you have some days where you post two or three things. But most of the things I like to do is about one really good share a day and about once or twice a week, I post things I think matter to people. So I, I, I have my own view is that more than once a day on LinkedIn is too much. And so I always tell people like two or three times a week is a great sweet spot, especially if you've never been a poster, you know, That's get true. yourself, get yourself used to it. Um, even once a week on LinkedIn, I think is better than nothing. Um, now I want to talk about, likes and comments on other people's stuff because here's the thing i i see social media all the time and too many people get stuck in that world of self-promotion and they'll post oh look at me look at me look at me look at me but they'll never go to someone else's post and say wow that was really smart or they won't even hit the like button which takes all of like a second but when you hit the like button or even better you comment that helps the other person's uh post get seen by more people because there's algorithms involved. The more people who like a post, the more LinkedIn decides more people should see this. So when you click like, or when you leave a comment, that's really in a way serving the other person, isn't it? It is in a way serving other, uh, other people. So if you're trying to uh, impact other people that you want to build a relationship, a simple like will go a long way. However, the comment Take is really the real art form is like, oh, wow, this is really great. This is what I see about that. Because it shows you took a moment to go a little bit farther than just clicking the like button. And by the way, the LinkedIn algorithm really likes comments, too. So it helps the other person more. But the ultimate one is the share. Ah, I forgot about share. Really like and you share it. I. My wife made me change this picture in one of my presentations. But you remember the sailor in the. on BE Day in New York City where he bends the girl over to kiss her. Yeah, okay. probably totally inappropriate photo in 2020. But yes, I know it's what you're talking about. Very inappropriate in, in, in this era. And, she, and you know, my wife, as, as, a, as great women do, darling, I think it's time for a change. <laughs> so think of Wesley kissing Buttercup at the end of The Princess Bride, which is the new picture, okay, that I use for that. 
So that's like the ultimate version of sharing. You share something you think is really important, then that person's going to see that. And that's a way to tell people you appreciate that. So from a from a outreach part, you're going to help people see that you're noticing them. From an internal communications, it's a wonderful way to let people underneath you uh, know that you're watching what they're doing as well. Yeah, and I think that if you want to be on someone's radar screen and you like, comment, or share, not every single thing they post because then you're probably like a little bit of a stalker. But but if, if you like and share and comment from time to time on their posts, they're going to notice you. I mean, I will let you know if you're listening to the show and you go to any of my social media, but especially LinkedIn, and you leave a comment or even a like or a share, I'm going to know who you are after a little bit of time. And I, I've actually developed relationships with people by commenting on their stuff. I mean, typically I kind of know who they are, but then I run into them at an event back when we used to actually go to live events and they would be like, Hey, thanks for commenting on that thing. People remember you for that. So that's, that's, that's a really good, a really good thing. Last question I want to ask you is about using keywords in the words you use in your descriptions and your experience, et cetera, because, uh, headhunters, executive search people, they search for specific terms when they're looking for certain uh, positions to fill. So how do you work in the right words that people might be looking for? Hmm. I think that, of course, you, would, you should know what the, the major words are, and your SEO guys can, t- can tell you what those are. However, on the other side, you can't overdo it either. Um, one of the things that I will tell you about LinkedIn is, when you've got key skills, and I could, we could look at some people, but I'll give you a couple of names if you want to reach to me after this podcast. Um, the key skills section allows you to put all those words so that the LinkedIn algorithm can find you and locate you. So if you're looking for left-handed uh, lawyers that specialize in corporate law, those three things, if those are terms in your key words at the bottom of your about section and you can be found that way so i think a lot of companies drop the ball on working with their teams to properly set up their linkedin and one of the reasons i think this is is that like i said people use the search algorithm in linkedin to find certain products and services just because they want to know who it is plus because of the powerhouse that linkedin is as its own website Google gives it a lot of what we call Google juice, right? So if you Google searching for a certain term, uh, oftentimes someone's LinkedIn profile will show up really high. And so should companies now, I don't, I think that my LinkedIn profile is owned by me. So I don't want my employer telling me you have to do this. However, do you think that companies should advise some suggestions, not necessarily guidelines, and and get everyone. If you've got hundreds of employees and everybody drops in a few, you know, proper keywords about your product, your service, the great things that you do, doesn't that just help the whole company? I couldn't agree more with that. And that's it goes back to talking to the SEO guys, the strategists sit there and look at all those keywords and like certain words are worth lots of money when you have to pay for, you know, pay uh, for click. So having those in the, uh, at the bottom of the about section makes a lot of sense. So, you know, you're in an industry that does corn products or 
insurance or something like that. Putting those words there will expand the the SEO of the uh, of a company's profile. So, and like I said, I do believe that people's LinkedIn profiles are their own property. So I don't think the company should be dictating that. But I do think that having brainstorming sessions and working with your employees and finding ways to to create win-win situations while they're working for you, uh, you know, LinkedIn is one area I don't think people talk too much about. So I think that that's a great area. Any last words for uh, for executives or heck anybody about LinkedIn? I think the first thing is to be yourself. The second thing is to define what your purpose is and purpose can change, you know, as things change within your life. Maybe you're looking at retirement. Maybe you're looking at a transition. Maybe you're looking at helping your child go to college. All those things are purpose and define that purpose is a great way to use LinkedIn. So, Matt, you do a great job of, of helping executives and others, you know, fine tune some some little nits in in their LinkedIn as, as sort of a coach slash consultant. How do people find you? They find me real simply. I'm a D dot Matt, M-A-T-T. Last name is Sheer, S-C-H-E-R-E-R. I'm the only D Matt Sheer at LinkedIn. And uh, please connect with me and say, hey, I talked, I heard you speaking with my good friend, Tom Singer. And I would love to do that. Uh, I do have a website for the military book, which is LinkedInformilitary.com. You can find me there. Awesome. Thank you so much for being here. And thank you to everybody who tuned in. Uh, I just, you know, I'd been working on my own profile lately and I thought, you know what, this is an important topic uh, that we needed to, to bring to light and get some executives and others to think about. Because really, if you want to succeed, especially in the crazy world we're in right now, you should be using every tool. And LinkedIn is a tool that is right now pretty pervasive. Uh, it hasn't jumped the shark yet. So you might as well take advantage of that. All right, we're going to be back in a couple of days with an interview with somebody just as cool as Matt Shear. I know you're thinking, how is that possible? But ever since the days when the show was called Cool Things Entrepreneurs Do, we find the coolest guest. And you can follow us on Twitter, at Cool Podcast. Uh, didn't change that handle when I changed the name. Uh, you can also find us on Facebook. Uh, I'm just Tom Singer. You can find me there. Find me on uh, uh, Facebook, LinkedIn, Twitter, everything else. It's always just Tom Singer on all the social medias. Uh, and we will see you in a couple days. In the meantime, go tweak your LinkedIn profile. Go visit mine. Tell me what you think of the banner. And make sure that your career ladder is against the right wall because there's nothing worse than climbing that ladder to find out my ladder's in the wrong place. Also, go out there, try some new things, flex your entrepreneurial muscles. And while you're at it, have a great day. Thank you for listening to the Making Waves at Sea Level podcast. Without your listening to these in-depth conversations, there would be no show. Connect with Tom at TomSinger.com and follow him on Twitter and Instagram at TomSinger. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.